Welcome to the All of Christ for All of Life podcast, brought to you by Canon Plus. This week's episode is a conversation between Douglas Wilson and Rebecca Merkel about the upcoming documentary, Eve in Exile, available May 6th, only on Canon Plus. It feels like if we're called to basically take over the world, and then half the human race is supposed to focus on the home, it feels to me like the home matters. <laughs> Hello, my name is Douglas Wilson, and I'm here with Rebecca Merkel, my daughter. We're here to talk about a forthcoming documentary, Eve in Exile, uh, that is launched off the basis of the book, Eve in Exile, which was published, I just discovered, a long, a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like just a minute. So it was, it was published in 2016, and now a documentary is based on the book is uh, is coming out and we want to talk a little bit about it. So I wanted to start with the title of the book, Eve in Exile. What's that about? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so I think the whole question of the book is what are women for and what should we be doing and how have we gotten into this bad feminist wasteland? where we are now and how do we get back and of course the whole what are women for goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden and I think I've always actually really loved that image at the very end of Paradise Lost where they're just sent out into the empty world <laughs> you know basically exiled from the garden and what do we do now so okay so basically uh, our task in and through the gospel is to get back to the garden. Exactly. Is to get back to the garden. Right. And uh, men and women together have been exiled from the garden. Yep. Adam is in exile also. Yes. And how do we get back to the garden? It's got to be, well, and there's, there's the gospel, which uh, brings us back to the tree of life. But then there are the secular attempts at yeah. getting back to the garden, back to the pristine state. And feminism right. would be... Uh, one of them. Yeah. Right? And I think there's sort of two layers of the sort of macro level of, yes, Adam and Eve, both in exile. The whole arc of history is the return um, to the garden. But then on a smaller level, it's like just the feminist mess that we've gotten into and how do we recover that. So, One of the things that's striking to me is that in 2016, when this book um, came out, Obergefell had not come down yet, I think, or it was, it was right around that time. And the whole transsexual revolution, yep. which is um, destroying feminism. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Um, which is one of the funnier things, I think. So, so basically, in, in the last few years, there have been, shall we say, developments. Yeah, because I think right at the very beginning, um, I'm talking about Bruce Jenner because Bruce Jenner was in the news right that minute. I think he had just won Woman of the Year or something, right. which came right at the beginning of his thing. Right. And now he's a Fox News commentator. Like, <laughs> much yeah. has transpired since that time. Yeah, at Fox News <laughs> and elsewhere. <laughs> exactly. Right. So um, you talk about, in, in the documentary, you talk about first wave feminism and second wave feminism and... and third wave feminism, then off the cliff feminism. Mm -hmm. uh, 
what do you think is there going to be a sixth wave <laughs> feminism or have we gotten to the apex of silliness where it, we're going to have to reset i would have thought we would be at the ultimate silliest level right now except for that we keep i keep thinking we're at the ultimate silliest level and then we keep getting sillier so and then um, the people behind the curtain say no <laughs> no we have more <laughs> it can still get weirder but i it does feel like it's in the final self-destruct i mean because like you're saying the whole trans agenda which is being pushed by feminists has destroyed even the concept of what is a woman in the first place. And so now, of course, we have just in the last, what is that, month or whatever, the I'm not a biologist, I couldn't, couldn't rightly say what a woman is, <laughs> which makes it hard to fight for their rights when you don't even know what they are. You know, like, it just feels like it has finally, I don't know, cratered. Have, have you, in your interactions with people about the book and talking about the forthcoming documentary, particularly talking to women, have you sensed a hunger for Christians to present an actual alternative instead of tagging along behind the world sort of five years behind? Yeah, it. I think it feels like there are a lot of women who are hungry for actual teaching on this. And it does feel like for a while there, everybody's kind of drifting, going along with the flow, you know, just kind of generally being worldly. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like the worldliness got so crazy that there's a lot of women who are realizing that they just really need to figure out what obedience actually looks like. Because I, it just feels like it's getting harder and harder to do the splits across <laughs> what the world is doing and then maintaining any semblance of Christianity. And, and obedience does not necessarily look like a 1950s uh, ad for a vacuum cleaner. No, and that's one of the things, well actually that might be the reason I wanted to write the book in the first place, is it felt like... The vacuum cleaner? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it felt like uh, the conservative reaction to feminism can turn into a little pretend dress-up time where it's like let's try to revert to tea parties or something rather than actually engaging with the actual situation it sort of retreats into a corner and wants to pretend that it is living in a different century so so when conservatives say let's genuinely go back to ozzy and harriet or Mm -hmm. let's genuinely go back to that that's sort of a superficial reaction it is a superficial reaction and i think also if you look at what came immediately after the ozzy and harriet moment when Betty Friedan wrote The Feminine Mystique and then all of the women jumped on it, mm-hmm. it shows that it wasn't as happy and idyllic as it was pretending that it was, even at the time. It feels like it was coasting on a lot of um, Christian heritage, but there was a lot of um, just discontent. The one thing that is good about, let's say, the appeal to the 50s, I have seen some ironic trolling of feminism through appeals to 50s tropes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. In other words, no, we yeah. don't really want to go back to Ozzy and Harriet, but it's sure better than what you guys yeah. are selling. That, yeah. That kind of thing. So in the 50s, it's, it seems to me that there was a, sort of a misattribution of what the problem was. 
uh, a lot of uh, the war was over. Mm -hmm. um, industrialization had really come down to the household level. Yeah. Right. Labor saving devices, washing mm -hmm. machines, mm -hmm. um, microwave ovens were still a dream. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but, but, Part of the post millennial hope. <laughs> but, but, but you had washing machines and uh, stoves and everything yeah. and, and um, vacuum cleaners. And the woman in the 50s, her great grandmother was washing clothes down at the river, you know, beating the shirts on the, on yeah. the rocks or, you know, or some, yeah. equi or some yeah. equivalent. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's as though women were liberated from productive, useful, and absolutely necessary work, mm -hmm. and nobody had lined up yeah. what to do next. Yeah. So it wasn't really oppression so much as boredom. What, what do we do? I, and I think that's what the feminine mystique is describing is just that sort of ennui of like, what are we for? And there's, you know, it's just all very dull and repetitive and boring and everything. But I think that's the women's own fault because who's going to come along and tell you what you are supposed to do? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like the women could have used their imaginations. They could have, you know, exercised some creativity. They could have raised the bar for themselves on what they could accomplish at home. But it felt like they kept the expectations the same, but everything had become much more efficient. And so they could just kind of, you know, drift and then get very bored. So it does feel like um, if somebody made a million dollars and then retired early, it would feel really fun for a minute. Mm -hmm. And then they would just get really, really sick of it. And that it, that's kind of what it feels like is there was the initial thrill of this, you know, modern new world. And mm -hmm. then it just kind of got boring. I've had this sensation before when I've had a really hectic academic year and all kinds of demands and pressures and 12 things to get done. Mm -hmm. And the academic year ends and I tumble into the su summer mm -hmm. and now I only have two things to get done mm -hmm. and I can't get them done yeah. because, I, because, <laughs> exactly. because I don't know what am I, yeah. what am I supposed to do with all this time. Uh, yeah, so absolutely. Th that was the plight of the American woman. <laughs> yeah, uh, really. So, so when you um, when you're confronted with that sort of thing, and you say, "Well, let's not act or react. Let, let's let's uh, go back to Scripture. Mm -hmm. What does the Bible actually call us to do? What does the Bible call women right. to do? What are they? What are they for? <laughs> <laughs> what are they for? What are they? That for? is a good question. Um, so. In the book, I tried to go sort of like back to the sort of creational, what was Adam given as his job? And mm -hmm. then he couldn't do it alone, and he was given Eve as a helper. So I think obviously Adam's mission and calling informs, well, you know, like what was he supposed to do? Why did he need a helper? Why was a woman the, you know, the actual tool that was necessary to get that done? And so fill the earth and subdue it is, you know, like the sort of the marching orders right at the beginning. So I think women are called to help and with that mission and we have unique gifts for that. Cause I mean, obviously just filling the earth, Adam yeah, couldn't do it alone. Right. Um, like a woman is a necessary piece and, and motherhood is like such a despised 
<laughs> calling at the moment. Um, but it's clearly right at the center of what Adam needed Eve for, was to be a mother. Um, but also to glorify and, you know, help with the mission. So Adam would you say doing. that the, um, so to, to glorify, so Adam is given a task in the world, the, mm-hmm. the cultural mandate. Mm-hmm. The woman is given to him to help him accomplish the task, to actually get the job done. But then uh, she is also called to glorify that accomplishment. It's not just enough to get get it done on some pragmatic yeah. level, right? Yeah. She's, she's supposed to make it beautiful. Yeah, and I also think like in the Great Commission, which is like the new covenant sort of restatement of fill the earth and subdue it, um, I don't think that that's one where like, oh, we needed woman for the first part, but not for the second. And so then if Paul tells women to be keepers at home, it feel, or I think the, the easy assumption is to assume, see, Paul, the big meanie, is trying to keep women out of the actual calling of the church. And the men lock, are supposed lock to them go up out. Lock yeah, them like up you, at home. you stay over in the corner and do something, you know, that keeps you out of the way while the church, which is only men apparently or something, you know, goes off and, and tries to implement the Great Commission. But it feels like if we're called to basically take over the world and then half the human race is supposed to focus on the home, it feels to me like the home matters. <laughs> the home must be an important task. And so rather than assuming that, you know, God's just trying to put us off, you know, on the sidelines, I think we should see that the home is actually a pretty important field. The home would be the front lines. Yeah, exactly. Right. So where are the front lines in training, establishing, educating the next generation? Right. It'd be the the home. Yeah. And any time you think about culture at all, like... Um, you know, the Italian culture or Greek culture or French culture, whatever, you think of things that are sort of feminine mm-hmm. in terms of like the food and, you know, like all of the stuff that is um, sort of noticeable, memorable. You want to go and experience that. It's, it's not like it's all feminine, but much of it is because mm-hmm. I think the woman's role in feeding people and taking care of people and keeping the home is actually what makes a culture distinctive and interesting and memorable and unique. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that the women are really building. Right, so um, you're gonna have more distinctiveness at a French table and a German table and an English table, but not so much at an English intersection, French intersection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. out, out in the world, yeah. you've got this, um, People walk on the sidewalk pretty much the same way. Yeah. The, the same way. Yeah. But they, but their customs of eating and living together. Yeah. Are, that's where. Yeah, and it's like when we've been to New Orleans. Everybody tells you where to eat in New Orleans, but the thing I've heard from multiple people is, you're not going to get the best food at a restaurant. Like you really would have to get invited into somebody's home. Mm-hmm. And there's that concept of like, that's where it really happens. Right. And that sounds, you know, like very cool and interesting if it's New Orleans. But if it's like, that's what God calls you to do. It's like, Everywhere. what? Yeah. 
I wanted to do something neat. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to file papers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wanted to file papers at the law firm. Exactly. And I and I think it actually is funny that now if you look at um like what is regional cuisine here, you would think of restaurants. You wouldn't think of home cooking. You know, and and there are lots of like I think places you know, in Italy, whatever they, where you still have the sense of like, this is that regional pasta right. that those women have been making for centuries and this is how they do it here as opposed to over there. And now it's like, well, you have the interesting chef who's cooking with local ingredients. And that's our notion of, you know, but that's, that's like industry actually. And I think that's a weird thing that women have given up in our okay. modern. So let, let's talk a little bit about, um, I, I think a lot of, I think there's a, a great uh, hunger um, among Christians for biblical answers and a biblical alternative and not just a, uh, like a red state reaction yeah. to feminism. Mm -hmm. um, the red state reaction is going to be too angry and too red pilled and you know, it's, it's going <laughs> or it's just going to be Bruce Jenner in a minute. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be you the, know. yeah. Um, so that we want to be thoroughly scriptural in, in how we articulate our critique of feminism, each, mm -hmm. each one of the waves and so mm -hmm. on. Uh, and the people, so I think there'll be a lot of hungry people, um, checking this documentary out. Mm -hmm. we, we, that's why we're doing it. We mm -hmm. hope so. But there will, there will also no doubt be critics. Okay. No. No. This is not controversial <laughs> what I have to say. <laughs> um, now some, some of the critics are going to interact uh, with the arguments or they'll, they'll sure. say, I don't, I don't think Ferdinand meant that or, you know, the, mm -hmm. it might be an actual substantive argument. Mm -hmm. But some of the critics are just going to do a two quote way. You know, they're going to say, you do it too or, you know, whatever. Sure. Um, so your, uh, this um, documentary, your stance in doing this and writing the book was to exhort women, to teach mm -hmm. women. Mm -hmm. And that is... Um, that is what Titus 2 calls women to do. The older women right. are to instruct the younger women. So the conservatives, the traditionalists, do not object to women teaching. Right. Right? Uh, there's no objection to women teaching. We want women to teach. We hope they would. And a lot of the problems we're in are the result of abdication in that department. Yeah. Where there are, yeah. Many, there are many young women today who just don't know how. To no. be to be domestic, right? and I think there's a generation that just it, it was like just a complete like when your computer powers off and you just lost everything, mm -hmm. you know, like all your files are gone. I feel like that's what feminism did because, you know, like my great grandmother, that generation, they all would have known how to do all of these things, mm -hmm. and then now nobody does. I mean, it's just culturally, there was just a hard reset and it's gone. Okay, so um, so in order to be um, biblically committed to role relationships and uh, what's uh, egalitarianism and complementarianism, they're sort of useless because a lot of complementarians are actually egalitarian wannabes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, yeah. and then uh, you can say, well, we're patriarch, we're, we're patriarchal, but then there. are some patriarchs up in the Ozarks that we don't want to, <laughs> don't don't, wanna, don't want to be associated with. Not those patriarchs. Uh, and, and not those patriarchs. Yeah. Ezekiel one tooth. 
exactly. So, um, so, but in order to be strictly biblical, um, where where women are teaching, uh, you're in your book. You're addressing the women, and in in the documentary when you're, uh, you, for example, you go into First Corinthians eleven and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, God is the head of Christ, and Christ is the head of the man, and you're mm-hmm. exp- you're explaining this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, talk for a minute about how you're not um, pulling a Beth Preaching? Moore. You're you're not pulling a Beth Moore. <laughs> yeah. Why is it that you're not pulling a Beth Moore? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, a I wouldn't be caught dead stepping into a pulpit. So there's just that, um, <clears throat> and I don't think there's any. I mean, obviously, I wrote the book to women, so when I'm talking through the scriptural passages and trying to unpack those. I'm doing it, I feel like, in the same way you would lead a women's Bible study through relevant portions of scripture. But I wouldn't ever um, lead a men's Bible study through the same portion of scripture, but at the same time, I wouldn't care if... If you're, you know, if you're speaking at a women's conference, you don't care if the sound guy up in the booth... Yeah, no, <laughs> it's fine. And, and I don't care if men read my book, but it wasn't written to them. And if they pick it up and learn something, then that's great. But it's not. It, it's just sort of like how it's yeah. how it's geared. So that's the same. In the same same principle. Same principle. So, yeah. Um, so if the, this might seem to some like like I'm pulling a fast one, but the Bible says that women are not to teach or have authority over men, which is opening the word authoritatively. Sit down. Let me explain to you what God says here. Yeah. Um, so uh, in all the years I've been married to your mom. I have learned countless things from her, and mm-hmm. and I've, and it could be countless things from Scripture. Hey, Doug, have you ever noticed here in Colossians that it says this and this? Yeah. I don't have to pretend that I. I've always known that. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah. I've known that forever. <laughs> Just yeah. to keep my position yeah. secure. Yeah. Um, so learning from a learning from a woman is very very different than. A woman presuming to wield authority or exercise authority, yeah. and so what? And one of the one of the things that people might be thrown by is when you're um, when you're teaching the women, you're teaching women as though women had a brain. Well, it's shocking, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> it's yes, true. Let's, let's go there. <laughs> it's true, and I actually think that that's something that in. Um, well, it's kind of one of the big things in the book, is I think it actually really matters that women have a brain and be educated because that's one of the things I think that some of the reactionary conservative stuff, particularly, I don't know if this is much a thing now, but like that kind of like 90s um, reaction out of stuff into the like homeschooling, home, everything. Teach basic literacy so she can read the instructions mm-hmm. on the side of the biscuit box. Yeah, <laughs> I know, for reals. So like- you've, you've run into that. Yeah, and it's horrible and it just really annoyed me to death, but it was sort of like, well, she's just gonna get married and have babies. So she doesn't need to learn whatever. We'll teach our boys this, but the girls don't need it because they just need to get married and have kids. And then some people said, Yes, but what if she, what if her husband dies or what if, you know, she never gets married and she has to get a job? And I think both of those are just so demeaning to the role that God actually calls women to right. because it's like, well, she doesn't need a brain. I don't know why God gave her one. It's a vestigial organ. Um, <laughs> but then you have... And then I'm going to have her teach all my sons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But if you have the... Um, 
the feminists who say being a wife and mother is a brainless, menial occupation that, you know, if you have any talents or gifts or education, you should never demean yourself by doing it. And then you have the conservatives who grant that, and then they just say, yes, well, that's how we like it, and we're going to do it. Yeah, they swallow the reductio yeah. in the wrong way. Exactly. So it's actually the, the ultra sort of conservatives and the feminists are completely agreed on the fact that a woman doesn't need a brain to be a wife and mother and a homemaker. And so, but then they just emotionally, they, they sort of break different directions on their emotional response to it. And then you have some of the people that are like, well, yes, we agree, but maybe she's going to need to support herself. So we'll just like, as a concession, we'll give her a, um, an education, like, as like a safety net. if she's, yeah, as a safety net, like if she ever has to do anything besides being a wife and a mother, then she might need, which I just think is just so like, we just completely swallowed the feminist lie long before this point. Right. And even the conservatives have swallowed the feminist lie. And I think it's really bad. Yeah. So I've said for years that the level, uh, the level to which you educate your daughters is the level to which your grandsons are likely to be educated. Yeah. Be because um, if, if you just, it's hard, it, I don't think it's possible to disparage education for women without disparaging education. Yeah. And I think um, it seems like a woman sort of sets brackets around her husband. Like, mm -hmm. cause there's some women that, that, sort of set the lower bracket like he cannot sink below this mm -hmm. and there's other women that set the top bracket he can never rise above this because she's yeah. going to keep him right. there and it feels like a wife even if she's not you know the head of the house she has enormous sway over her husband and if you have just a bunch of uneducated ninnies in that position, the men are hosed. <laughs> like, they yeah. really are. I mean, because it's like, we all know that the wrong woman can completely destroy mm -hmm. a man who had all sorts of promise and potential. Or the right woman can really make something of a man who <laughs> might not have had that much <laughs> promise or potential. <laughs> but if you, just <laughs> if you just say that the woman doesn't need to be educated. I feel like the men could have all their theological ducks in a row and and then the wrong woman would just, one time, none of it matters. One time Winston Churchill was walking along with his wife. I think her name was Clementine. Um, so Winston and Clementine were walking along and they saw a beggar, a, a, a homeless bum mm -hmm. uh, there. And uh, and Winston said, uh, oh, and they, I think he recognized him from school or somewhere. Mm -hmm. And Winston said, uh, what if you'd married him? And she, then she said, well, he'd be prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 there's some of that, yeah. that that is true in the world. But I also think even the, like, the verse about um, Adam wasn't deceived, but Eve was deceived. Right. And so you could take that as, like, so see, again, Paul thinks women are stupid and more easily deceived than the men or whatever which may be true, but either way, it didn't matter. Adam wasn't deceived, and he was still in trouble because Eve was. You know what I mean? Like, right. like that's what the whole thing that went wrong there, and the fact that if he did it with his eyes open, it just means he was smart enough to know better, and yet the woman was persuasive enough, was 
powerful enough as a urging he, him to do this. A deceived this. woman could lead a man into rebellion. Yeah, and it, he could, she could lead him into rebellion when he knows better. And so it's, it's not enough to just have the men all checked out. Like, I think, um, yeah, the sort of an uneducated woman is a lethal situation. So uh, we've gotten to the point, I'd like to return maybe to an earlier point where, uh, you know, J.K. Rowling, who is sort of a old guard, uh, you know, middle of the road feminist from the old day, mm -hmm. the old days, has been pretty courageous in her yeah. standing up against the uh, the tranny thing, mm -hmm. uh, and we've gotten to the point where that seems she seems like a conservative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, in your um, and and the same thing is true of some of the early early feminists where. Some of them were pro-life, for example. Yeah. You know, we're, um, yeah. I think Susan B. Anthony was pro-life okay. um, or anti-abortion. And, and so you've, you seize on things like that. Well, so the first wave feminism, a, a lot of the interest was, uh, the first wave, a lot of it was still home-centric. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was, the woman was the center, but it was woman at at home, mm -hmm. they they weren't trying to do the uh, 2020s career moves. Yeah, because that want... was really second wave feminism was the career piece. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in Ann Douglas, uh, Ann Douglas wrote a book called "The Feminization of American Culture," mm -hmm. which is a uh, a great uh, book, and she argues that in the the disestablishment of the church in the early 19th century through um, New England clergymen out of work. They, they had okay. to, they weren't tax supported anymore and they had to start hustling for parishioners. Okay. Okay. They had to enter the free market of okay. trying to attract people. And around the same time, the industrial revolution had liberated women. They didn't have to spend their day spinning and weaving okay. right mm -hmm. so women became ornamental and yeah. it was the big so it was a smaller version of what happened after world war ii right right um uh where you could uh the women became ornamental and one of my four used to be in the old days a man would want to marry a two-bucket woman you know someone who could <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you yeah. could make um, yeah. half the trips to the well um, so women became ornamental, decorative, mm -hmm. and clergymen were thrown out of work. Mm. And, and, and what happened is they teamed up and started writing sappy novels. <laughs> <laughs> that was a plot twist. <laughs> yes, no one saw it coming. <laughs> no, okay. uh, and so um, uh, the fa most famous one was um, In His Steps, which oh, is yeah. where, where the, um, I read that the, one. the WWJD bracelet mm -hmm. came from. Mm -hmm. What would Jesus do? Yeah. That's the question. But in that book, and this was common to all those books, in those books, the woman was the Holy Ghost. It yeah. was, she was the converting yeah. influence. Yeah. The, the man, the husband, or the boyfriend, whoever, was the rake, uh, the ne'er-do-well, the scamp. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he's the one who needed to be tamed or domestic. Yeah, it's like the barbaric sort of. He's the barbaric mm -hmm. one. And a smaller version of it would be the whole Elsie Dinsmore. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. uh, thing, where the feminine influence in the home is the converting influence. That's yeah. the Holy Spirit. And uh, But I remember uh, in the early days of the homeschooling movement, for example, Elsie mm-hmm. Dinsmore was, yeah. this is the paragon, yeah. paragon of traditional values back yeah. back when America was the way it ought to have been. Yeah. But it's like uh, not liking the movie you're watching and rewinding it and trying trying again. Yeah, because it, it was very much on a trajectory even then, even though it was like not as visibly falling apart. Right. It was off the rails. Yeah, it was in principle, in principle this is not going to end yeah. pr- prettily. And it seems like the moments when life got easy, women can take a breath, women sort of become merely decorative and that becomes their highest role and then they get real real bored sort Mm -hmm. of as a group not individually necessarily some women can sustain that for a long time (laughs) but like as a group they got bored and then it just exploded and it feels like it's because God didn't make women to just sit around and be decorative he created women to work yeah and and the difference what you one of the things you emphasize in the documentary is the woman's role in working slash glorifying, yeah, which is a which is very different from the porcelain doll on the mantelpiece decorative, yeah. right? And, yeah, because I think w- when you turn women into that, it just it just goes wrong. It's like it feels like women God didn't make women to do that, and so it like gets really dysfunctional and then destructive. And it feels like that's where if you look at what happened in the first wave feminism and then second wave feminism, it's like both of those times, life got easier, women became more decorative, and then they just went off, right. sort of. Because it just feels like God did create women to work, and if you just force sort of inactivity on them, it's just not, you're, you're it's gonna blow out this eyed, sort of, you know? Mm-hmm. And because it feels like the one thing the feminists did have correct is that women are supposed to work. It's just they felt like, and you can't do that in the home in any fulfilling way, so you have to go sit in a cubicle and then then you shall follow all of your dreams. It's uh, (laughs) like Chesterton's comment, women, and I forget what way it would have been, which wave he was dealing with, but women, it must have been second wave. He said, women said, we will not be dictated to, and rose up and all became stenographers. (laughs) (laughs) exactly yes because and every so often i feel like yeah conservatives notice that that if you're cooking for your family that's just an embarrassing waste if you're doing it for money well then we're all very proud of you if you're you know like it's all the same tasks if you put it outside the home and then you attach a paycheck to it then it becomes a fulfilling activity for some reason as if like the paycheck is the thing that gives me validation which is the which is one of the key indicators that america is given over to mammon worship yeah it, it's yeah well show me your pay stub yeah because uh, that's how i know that it's that it's like actually legitimate work yeah so um i've i've watched the screener of this documentary it is potent it's powerful and very well done it's a good job. And then I've, I'm assuming that a lot of people are going to watch the documentary and then they're going to go back and read the book. Be aware that the book was done in 2016 and the yeah. documentary was done six years later. Yeah. Uh, but we're, it's all the same issues. Yeah.
If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out Eve in Exile, available May 6th only on Canon Plus. Go to eveinexile.com for details.